0: Hey all and welcome to the Old Iron Talk podcast. I'm your host Callie and today we have special guest Brian Holst with Almond Auctions. Let's crack a beer and get to chatting. So Brian, you've worked here at Almond Auctions for what, three, four years now? Come up on three years. Three yep. years, alright. And how did your journey get started?
1: Oh man, started many years ago. Um, I've always had an interest in farming. Uh, born and raised on a dairy farm and in, in, outside of Davenport, Iowa. Um, worked in the ag industry for many years um, on the John Deere side, being a parts and mecha- mechanic, a parts manager, service manager, and so on. I eventually went to work for a corporate deer mm-hmm. uh, for several years, retired from that, and uh, really wasn't tired of playing with tractors yet. So I thought, what do I want to do for my third career so uh, that I can still play a tractor? So I decided uh, to give Kurt a call and just say, any possibilities? And he goes, I think we could work something out. And I guess the rest is kind of history.
0: And here you are. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you love it?
1: Oh, I love working with tractors. I love meeting people, uh, getting out and about. Uh, It's it's just fascinating. It's never the same day twice. And that's probably what I like the best about the job It's just always moving always going seeing something new something different. Uh, I used to think I knew a little bit about tractors Uh, I know somewhat about tractors. I know a lot about John Deere But when you get in the other colors man, I'm learning like crazy and just having a blast
0: Well good. How long did you work at John Deere and what departments did you transition from while there?
1: Okay? After I graduated from college, I spent 15 years in the dealerships, um, several different locations throughout the United States. And then uh, in 2001, I started to work for Deere and Company Proper, uh, where I got to work at the John Deere Collector Center, starting off as the the parts manager and eventually became the manager of the facility, up until it closed in 2008. And then from there, uh, a new department was created called the Heritage Marketing Groups. Again, still dealing with the history and heritage of the company. Uh, That department got to help plan a lot of the 175th activities that happened at all the corporate facilities and the factories uh, throughout uh, the United States, Canada, and Europe. And then from there, um, I managed the John Deere Historic Site for a period of time. Uh, That's where John Deere came after he left Vermont in 1837, and eventually that's where he perfected the self-scouring steel plow. Managed that for several years, and then from there I went to work in the John Deere Archives. I became the historical equipment manager. Again, I'm still playing with equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, But there I managed the corporate assets of all the historical equipment, which is about 450 pieces across the globe. Um, Got to go to Europe, take a look at the collection over there, and do a lot of uh, inventory management, uh, accessions, deaccessions, repairs, maintenance, and stuff like that, get things ready for shows when people needed them. And then from there, uh, my last uh, venture with the company, I was with uh, the brand management side. So I got to be a little bit more focused on the, the protection of the brand uh, in the public eye. So all in all, I spent about 20 years okay. at Corporate Deer.
0: Now, growing up on the dairy farm, did you guys have any deers?
1: We did. It was a planter. Okay. But that was it. Uh, my dad always said we farmed with the best equipment ever made. It was called paid for um so we had all different brands all different makes um we didn't farm big by any means but uh we had uh, case tractors international combines um it was just all over the board but uh it gave me a, a, an appreciation of different brands mm-hmm. and when i graduated from college like i said i i got to uh, work at uh, an alice chalmer dealership and then eventually into the john deere network and i found i really liked working on the john deere equipment the parts The way they're labeled and numbered, it made sense to me, and it just became kind of natural.
0: Yeah, you just found out that it was the dominant brand is what you're saying. Exactly. All right. (laughs) I can get behind that. (laughs) We also farm with John Deere, so that's always been our brand as well. Okay, what was your favorite job while working at John Deere throughout your departments?
1: I've been so lucky, I'll be honest with you. Um, Starting off with the John Deere Collector Center, that is probably the one that, it, like, that I hold nearest and dearest to my heart. Uh, working at the historic site was phenomenal as well. Standing actually where John stood um, on the, the archaeological floor uh, where his blacksmith shop was, it, it sent chills through you. Yeah, I, bet. Um, I got to work at, on John Deere's house, repairing it, fixing it, where he lived, where he raised uh, his family. So. I'm gonna say it's a historic site. That's where I got to meet so many collectors uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the United States. We had shows there, we had auctions there. And it just, it's kind of what formed my shape of where I'm at in the hobby, I guess, right now. Um, Met a lot of great people. I always tell my kids that I can go just about anywhere in the United States. Within two hours, I can have help if I need it because there's so many great people in this hobby that are willing to help at any given moment and I do the same for them Mm
0: -hmm. Miranda I know you have a few pictures would you mind pulling up the one of the replica blacksmith shop that Brian submitted to us if you want to kind of give a background on that image Brian
1: that is a replicate uh, of the exact blacksmith shop that John had designed back in 1837 when he moved from Vermont to Grandy Tour Illinois Um, Basically, you're standing at the corner of the old black, or the original blacksmith shop where that picture was taken, but that location there, there's a a working blacksmith that works out of that facility, and uh, it's the exact dimensions, post hole for post hole. It's pretty cool inside. Um, Nothing fancy, but back Mm -hmm. in 1837, they didn't have a lot of modern uh, mechanics. Um, There is one item that is not part of that blacksmith shop that John eventually did, Put toward uh, his other facility and that was a horsepower um, I guess it'd be a line shaft okay. for the lack of a better description
0: all right now sorry Miranda if you want to go back would you re-pull up the picture of Brian on his a in front of the John Deere Museum okay and what was going on here
1: that was actually in the very early stages of the John Deere tractor and engine museum in Waterloo Iowa uh, the facility hadn't been opened yet. It was in the final stages of being completed. There was a board of directors meeting, and they were re- wanting to put up a small display of Vintage tractors outside, so when the board of directors would come through, they could take a look at it. And uh, I happened to just have up my tractor on my trailer already, hauled it up there at that time. Uh, There's about 25 of us that brought tractors in from all over the, the Eastern Iowa area.
0: Very cool. That's awesome. It was was a great honor. How long did you have that tractor? When did you buy it? How old were you? That
1: was my first John Deere tractor that I bought, and I did totally restore it to what it is there in that picture. I probably had that tractor 10 or 15 years when it was all said and done.
0: Very cool. All right. So in continuation to that, can you let us know what is your favorite John Deere tractor?
1: You mentioned that question might come up, and it, I've been thinking on it long and hard. And to be honest with you, I probably would have to say a forty-three twenty. Okay. Um, it's the step bigger than the forty twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always wanted a forty-three twenty for like tractor rides. Not that yeah. I'd ever go on a tractor ride, nor do I have the space to store one. <laughs> but I've always found those tractors to be pretty cool uh, when I was working on them in the
0: mechanic yeah. side. So I can say that's not the year I would have thought you would have picked. <laughs> so I'm not surprised as me. Okay, back to almonds now. Mm -hmm. What is your top sale or what are a couple of your top sales since you've started here? Oh,
1: I'd say probably the top sale that I enjoyed the most was working with the Yuck family up in Michigan. Dan and Sandy Yuck, great people. Uh, Had a wonderful auction. It wasn't a big auction by any means. Mm -hmm. I think there was maybe 10 tractors probably as many plows and a lot of signs but Dan and Sandy are are just some tremendous collectors um, who've changed focus in their collecting and they had some really really nice clean items that was really fun probably enjoyed that one the most after that it was probably the Kevin Boss auctions now I've known Kevin for for several years and I've worked with him on other projects in the past but his auctions were just weird Um, and by weird I mean Kevin liked to collect stuff that was non-usable, and he just fix them up to make them operational. Mm-hmm. He wasn't into the shiny paint, but he made contraptions <clears throat> out of nothing. Um, putting the, the tracks on the uh, 95 combine that was awesome. with a four-wheel yeah. head, putting tracks on a 40 combine. Um, he has plans of putting tracks on an Arger wagon yet. So he's he's into the unique and different, mm-hmm. and I guess that's what I like best about that. Uh, he's taken a nap. And applicator, and recreated it uh, from boxes, and um, a corn picker, or not a corn picker, but a cotton picker, mm-hmm. um, mounted on a tractor. You know, we don't see cotton pickers up here in the Midwest. No. And he took that, totally restored it. It's functional. It could go back to the field, I suppose. But again, we don't raise cotton up here, so nobody will know up here. But yeah. that was a unique item that he had. Um, he had a couple of D's. You know, extension steel, mm-hmm. you know, mechanically restored, but they're ready to go to the field right now. And that's what I liked about that. All his stuff was usable.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, the Boss Brothers put on a show every year. And they I do. think we have a pretty nice picture of you and Travis <sighs> yes. at one of their shows. Miranda, if you want to bring that up. What is one of your favorite highlights from the Boss's show that they put on?
1: Probably the biggest thing that I love about the Boss Brothers show is it's a working farm show. Mm-hmm. They have a show every year. It rotates between small grain and large grain, uh, meaning one's in the summer, one year the next year, it's in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one you see right there, uh, Mr. Travis Wibben and I hamming it up a little bit. Uh, we just got done taking a bunch of uh, straw out. That's me sitting in a manure spreader. I was spreader. gonna say, you're in a manure spreader, yeah, aren't you? I'm in a manure <laughs> spreader. Um, but we were just touring up and down the fields, seeing if anybody needed any help with anything. And it's all hands on deck. You see a tractor, and you want to ride it, just ask the owner, and they'll help you out. Everybody there is just so friendly. Uh, Chuck and Kevin do a fantastic job. They do, yes. They really do.
0: One of my favorite things is how they separate it. So they normally have the field for like muscle tractors, newer tractors, Mm -hmm. and then they have the stuff for the older, pre-30s type stuff. So I really enjoy how they do that and have that set up. All right. In continuation, let's kind of highlight auction last night. The John Deere C. What are your thoughts on that one?
1: Holy cow. Mm -hmm. That was crazy. Um, That is obviously a record price for John Deere C. Yes. Um, They only made uh, a little over 100 of those tractors. Uh, How many exist today, nobody totally knows. Best guess, 15, 16. But that tractor just blew off the charts. Um, I think the final hammer price was $320,000 and just astronomical um, that tractor is very near and dear to my heart um, back in 2005 at the John Deere Collector Center the, the team that I have there we totally restored that tractor nut for nut, bolt for bolt um, put the, the uh, plastic treads you see on the rear tires on we vulcanized the front rubber on the front tires uh, front wheels rather um, the entire internal components is brand new on that thing mm-hmm. So I had a lot of history of that tractor going into the auction, and watching that sell last night, I I was just psyched beyond belief. I I, I have never seen a a C sell that high, I think it's safe to say that it's the highest price selling C, Mm -hmm. and Kurt and I had a discussion this morning, it might be the most expensive two-cylinder tractor sold to date. Really? We're we're doing some research on that, I can't say that for a definitive fact, but Neither him or I or Alex could think of a tractor that sold higher. That's a two-cylinder.
0: Yeah, yes.
1: Um, So that might be an all-time record uh, coming out of the pre-30 sale last night.
0: That's, yeah, that was amazing. I know. I couldn't believe that either. Do you, what are your thoughts on, like, the Waterloo boy that sold too?
1: That's a phenomenal Waterloo boy. Um, Obviously, uh, a Kenny Cass restoration. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's been around the Waterloo boys know that Kenny Cass had some of the most uh, phenomenal restorations there was on the market. Um, unfortunately, you lost Kenny a couple of years ago, so his tractors are becoming more and more valuable uh, as time goes on. And I think that was a very respectable. It's been a while since I've seen a, a Waterloo boy bring that kind of money, and uh, it really shows that the two-cylinder market's still strong mm-hmm. out there.
0: Yeah, it does. Okay, we got to pull up another picture you submitted. You were Santa one year?
1: Oh, Lord, yes. (laughs) This is from uh, the John Deere Collector Center days. Um, That is a 1934 open fan shaft, Model A in the background that uh, John Deere Archives owns, and it was on display there. We had it as a track that the kids could crawl up on, photo Mm -hmm. opportunity type thing. Well, every Christmas, uh, myself or one of my staff, we would uh, hop on a tractor and run up and down downtown Moline, carrying a, either sack of a toys or whatnot, but just drive around, just spread good cheer, yeah. waving all the business owners and people walking up and down downtown Moline doing their Christmas shopping. It was just kind of a, a, a fun thing to do every year. Sometimes we made the local news. Uh, we, we spun it as we're testing out. Uh, Santa was testing out new uh, deer tractors oh. uh, just in case uh, the old reindeer didn't make it through. So there was, you go. He was trying to... Uh, to come up with a backup plan. Mm -hmm.
0: Now through your years, I know you've gone to shows and Classic Green is coming up here this summer. What do you think of that show and what's your favorite part when you go to Classic Green?
1: The Classic Green group is is kind of a new group actually. Mm -hmm. We Kind of come together about uh, three to four years now. And it is something that I think the hobby needed some new blood in. Uh, I'm not saying that other shows are bad by any means. Uh, there's some great shows out there. This is just a little bit more unique. Uh, it's all inclusive, anything John Deere, on a national level. It's not touted as a local show by any means. Mm-hmm. And it travels local or regionally um, every year they have a show. The first year was in Grand Island. Last year was out by Columbus, uh, Ohio. This year, Lebanon, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it gives a chance for people in those regions to bring tractors to focus to come see what the hobby's is about um, it's all about the people no doubt about it it's a great organization they do a phenomenal job they got some great great ideas and it's it's something that uh is exclusively john deere it's all green but anything that's associated whether it's and rnv sand or sandwich engines mm-hmm. i mean it's the anything thing that was related to john deere
0: yeah That's awesome. Okay, I got to ask you, do you prefer, in the earlier years, unstyled or styled tractors?
1: I like the looks of unstyled, Mm -hmm, but I'd rather start a styled.
0: That's fair. (laughs) That is fair. 20 years
1: ago, hand-starting a tractor wasn't a big deal, but as I mature, uh, I enjoy electric start.
0: That means get old. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, Miranda, would you pull up the picture we have of... Brian on his Model B. Maybe. Well, we can talk about this we can one. Talk That's about fine. That yep. One too. Okay. So, um, what was going on here?
1: Well, my, my hobby interest has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. I started out collecting tractors. Uh, at one point in time, I had 25 tractors in my collection. Um, I've since downsized, and I'm starting to focus pretty hard on, on pulling tractors um i found uh i enjoy using them a little bit more instead of taking them to parades and yeah. shows and whatnot so uh my first adventure into the pulling was with a, a john deere b that maybe Randall will pull up here in a little bit then i had a unstyled a as well and then i've eventually migrated from the division one and two pulling uh, on the natpa circuit to division four and five okay and that's when i stepped into the oliver A little bit higher horsepower, definitely a lot more speed, a lot more technical uh, things about Mm -hmm. it that I really find I enjoy uh, hooking up to a sled and see what can happen.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so you've had the B was yours, correct? And you've had the A. Yep. What else did you have in your collection?
1: At one time, I had nine Bs. Yeah, wow. I, I kind of fell into love with the Bs. And, yeah, you and, did. And specifically the BNs, the single front wheel, the 40 or the 42-inch rear tires, long axles. So I had some of those. I've I've had Gs. Okay. Um, I've, of course, I had several lawnmowers, 110, 112s. Um, but yeah, I, I've had several A's. So I stuck with the letter series pretty I, hard. Yeah, I would yeah. say.
0: Okay, I've got maybe a tough question for you. Oh, boy. Outside of John Deere, what would be your dream tractor?
1: Outside of John Deere, there's tractors outside of John Deere? I guess not,
0: not according to you. (laughs) Um,
1: No, I would probably say my bucket list tractor that I've always wanted is a mist green 880 Oliver.
0: Oh boy, are you just saying that because Kurt's going to be watching this? No, believe it or not,
1: Um, I've always found that fascinating because it was a marketing scheme blunder. So very similar to the patio John Deere lawn mm-hmm. tractors. Um, and I've always just been fascinated by that. They've, they've got a different transmission than the later 880s. And I've just, uh, I, I do own an 880 Oliver now. Okay. It's a pulling tractor and it's in primer because it's being uh work in process. But okay. it will eventually be Miss Green, but it's not a true Miss Green tractor. So, what
0: animals. do you have left in your collection now?
1: Not much. Yeah. Um, I've really downsized. Uh, I move shops. Uh, I have my two Olivers. I have uh, two 110, 120 uh, lawn and garden tractor, and that's about it outside of my normal compact utility tractor skid here that I still use around the property.
0: Okay. Would you want to start collecting again, or you want to still just kind of stay small?
1: Uh, I like to stay small. And yeah. Maybe it's be, I'm a little selfish here, I guess. Having had that many tractors in the past, you're always working on carburetors. You're always mm-hmm. working on starters. You're always working on tires. And I just as soon run up to the shed, hop on it, and go and do whatever I want to do. I found that I was spending a lot more time digging the tractor out because the one I always wanted was in the back of the shed, digging it out. Okay, now we got to fix the tire. Okay, now the carburetor's gummed up, mm-hmm. battery's dead, whatever. Um, and I just, downsizing fits me.
0: Well, I'm sure your wife doesn't mind that either.
1: No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> she kind of complains that I have too many now, but that's...
0: Eh, it's not you know. that many. <laughs> when you first started collecting, did you have an interest in memorabilia, toys, anything like that as well, or were you mainly just focused on the actual tractors?
1: I appreciate the, the toys and memorabilia. The, the only toys that I focused on early on, and you know, it's been an, an investment, mm-hmm. I tell myself, was the Chad a little NASCAR themed really? toys? Yeah, yeah okay. I've, I've got a bad collection of that stuff. That is, you know, skyrocketing downward in price. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> hey, it, it was fun. I still collect some. There's some pieces I still like for to to get a hold of to finish that collection. Yeah. But uh, by and large, I've tried to stay on the toys because they just take up so much space in a house. That's uh, true. It can't go in the shop because it'll just get destroyed out there. As far as memorabilia. Having worked in the archives, I've seen a lot of memorabilia, a lot of books, a lot of paper products that, you know, I got to see and handle there. Mm -hmm. I I really have no desire to to collect into that. There's some pieces that maybe catch my eye just because they're colorful, but not because of the content.
0: Not because of the content. Yeah. Where are you headed this year with Almonds, Brian?
1: Oh, man. Uh, They got us hopping this year. Um, We have a a lot of auctions on the books. A lot of they're still materializing. I mean, I leave from here. Um, I'm going to Eldridge, Iowa tomorrow to move tractors. On Monday, I'll be in Kansas. Um, End of the week, I'll be in Genesee, Illinois, Mm -hmm. helping Kevin Boss uh, and that auction loadout. After that, man, I got to think where I'm going after that. I got to go to Northern Iowa, and then we're going to North Dakota. Lord. Pennsylvania, sometime or another we got to get out to New York. I mean, we're it's all, all over. over. Oh, got to head down to Tennessee, but we got to load out down yep. there, down outside of Macon, Tennessee. All over. Cahoka, Missouri, another one. Columbus Junction, Iowa, got a red, red auction down there we're getting ready for. So
0: You'll be traveling, that's for sure. I'll be traveling. There won't
1: be much pulling this summer. I'm no,
0: afraid. I'd say not. Okay, one more question. Well, two more questions actually for you, and then we're probably going to get close to our ending time. But what is your favorite era, John Deere, non-John Deere of tractors? Do you have a preference?
1: Favorite era? Mm. That's a two-fold question. If if I'd pick an era that I'd love to have been around to watch, would have been the early two-cylinder, meaning the D, mm-hmm. C, G, P, mm-hmm. watching that development. Um, there's a lot of things going on within the company, a lot of neat ideas being tossed around in the R&D department that I'd love to watch happen. As far as operating, mm-hmm. put me in the 60s. Really? Yeah, the new gens, the forty yeah. 20s for, like I said, the 43-20s, um, getting up into the 46s, even the 60-30s, mm-hmm. considering the new gen uh, in my eyes. But uh, those tractors, to me, was once well, when John Deere took over the ag market. Yes, in, yeah. In, Big power tractors, and you know, they were pumping out just raw, brute horsepower. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more operator convenient than it was the two cylinders for sure. By no means was it the, the sound guard bodies on the Gen 2s, yeah. but uh, it was the time that anything was possible and, and was happening. Yeah, it's been a cool time.
0: It would have been, yes, that is for sure. Okay, here's our last question we try to ask everybody How do you see the younger generation impacting the hobby?
1: Oh, wow. How much time you got? Um, I am very upbeat on this. Uh, I, I am part of the Chevron Dello tractor judging uh, mm-hmm. restoration competition. And I see a lot of young kids from all over the United States doing some phenomenal work. I bet. And the, the knowledge that they're learning is off the charts. Dealing with kids that are freshmen, juniors, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, seniors in high school. Mm-hmm that are are tackling projects that i wouldn't tackle today yeah and making them what they are understanding the mechanical knowledge of them heading off into technical schools whether they're going to work for john deere or caterpillar mm-hmm. or whomever um, is just a huge positive effect i see same way with the classic green uh they're they're sponsoring some tractor restorations themselves mm-hmm. and what i'm seeing is is happening is the a's b's um your small Olivers, 60s, 66s, and and Hs uh, on the international side, they're starting to be bought by young people because the the interest is there and they're affordable. Yes, They can get into those um, fairly economical and they're learning. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, some of the stuff that I'm seeing, yeah, we don't have as many young kids per capita as we did back when I was young, just because that's where the generations Mm -hmm. are. I think there's a huge huge draw there that that the kids are migrating to and they're wanting to become more technically savvy and they got to understand the basics and what better way to start than with a you know very simple John Deere a or John yeah. Deere B or, or Alice Chalmers WC mm-hmm. get the basics underneath your belt and then move up from there so I'm very optimistic I love what I'm seeing I love what I see on Facebook a couple of young kids are popping up Probably one or two, three a month that, uh, hey, I'm new here. How do I fix this? And, man, the comments that are in support of that question is just phenomenal. And that's just, you know, it's great for the hobby.
0: It is, and it's good to see that that's how things are going too. So, exactly. yes. Well, Brian, we want to thank you for joining us today. I know you maybe didn't want to, <laughs> but I think it went great. Uh-huh. So thank you for joining us. You're most
1: welcome. <laughs> it's been an honor.
0: Well, thank you. Well, we wish you the best of luck in your adventures with Almond Auctions. You know, keep in touch. Let us know what state you're in. Maybe we can do another one of these sometimes.
1: Sometime, maybe.
0: Okay. Maybe. (laughs) We'll pencil you in. All right. Thanks again for joining us, Brian. If you have a show or event coming up you would like to promote, contact us for information about ad space during our episodes. We also encourage you to submit your collection photos to info at oldirongarage.com be featured at the end of all of our episodes don't forget to visit almond options website to stay up to date on what they have coming up this year old iron hawk is now streaming everywhere you get your podcasts so don't forget to give us a follow to connect with other collectors and hobbyists please give us a visit at oldirongarage.com thanks for listening